Welcome to this episode of Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever, the podcast where two cousins discuss all things Janet Jackson. Today, we're going to talk about Janet Jackson's Love Will Never Do Without You. My name is Courtney, and I'm here with my cousin, Cousin Cam. Hey, Cam. Hey, cuz, what's up? You know, <laughs> we making it. <laughs> Just another day's journey. And I'm glad about it. <laughs> Indeed. So today is Sunday, October 13th. And we are going to get into a little Janet Jackson news. We're calling it news. It might be new to some of you. It may not be new at all, but we're going to talk about it anyways. <laughs> All I did was press record. <laughs> I want to be on my best behavior today. I uh, I, feel, I feel good. Okay. All right. All right. Some Janet news. I'm sure Hawaiians are glad to hear about. Janet added a third show. So instead of just doing two dates, November the 20th and the 21st, she added a third date, which is the 23rd. So they get three chances to see Miss Jackson do her thing on stage. I love it when she makes her her own little mini residencies. Like she, <laughs> I think she's probably one of the very few stars who can, at this stage in their career, just like decide to hold up somewhere. Like I'm just gonna <laughs> stay here for five shows, and y'all gonna come. Yeah, and that's that. Yeah, and they probably will all be sold out because I feel like every time she goes to Hawaii, it's like pandemonium. And they're always sellouts. So I'm excited for her. It's obviously a good sign that she's already added a third date uh, this far in advance. So I'm Mm -hmm. excited. Yeah. In the article, it said that because the tickets for the first two shows did so great, they just added a third one. Just stay on the road and give the people what they want. (laughs) Yeah. I was a little worried at first because I was like, is this woman ever going to take a break? But I mean, obviously, she's doing what she wants. Right. So I'm excited that she is able to like just keep adding these dates. Mm -hmm. It's very different from the Janet we've known in the past where, you know, she had it hard for a couple years and then, you know, she kind of goes into hiding. I think she's slowly making that transition to where, you know, how Patty and Gladys and other legends are where, hey, just to keep my name out there, you stay on the road a little bit and you never know she might drop that single and tour off of it for another year. I mean, she just really transitioned to how the music industry is now so instead of you know being tied down to a big contract and all that stuff she gonna play her own rules in her own terms so she was like let's hit the road yeah i mean the money is really on the road um it's not it's not as much money anymore and like selling albums there aren't very many companies that are giving huge advances or huge record deals Mm -hmm. the money is on the road so it's not like she needs the money right like i'm we're always in her pockets but i don't think she needs the money i think that she is torn because she loves it yeah uh by the chance did you get a chance to see tara jackson play my favorite slow jam is it your favorite slow jam or is it my favorite slow jam it's it's both of ours but it was just so cute and you know it seems like more and more 3t is a part of our show so we might have to be the Janet Jackson slash 3T show at this rate but but just to see him I mean he didn't really show he didn't show his face at all it was just him on the keyboard playing it and I was saying to myself number one Jimmy and Terry oh can write some beautiful songs yes they can and they're so timeless (laughs) yes oh oh my god 
And it's the fact that the talent that's in that bloodline, it just brings a smile to my face. I'm smiling again. I'm blushing like a little kid. <laughs> yeah, it was super cute. I really enjoyed it. He did say that that was his favorite song by, well, not his favorite song. He said it was his favorite ballad by his aunt. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, if you look at that video again, if you look closely, you can see his reflection in the window. So you can see him um, as he's playing the piano. (laughs) And yeah, it was really good. I liked it. It was a beautiful song. He played it well. The talent and the taste jumped out, man. I mean, it was really good. Now, there was another Jackson kind of floating around. And I had heard this song a little while ago. And um, I played it once and kind of put it down. But I got a chance to kind of go back and visit Billy Bodega, a.k.a. Steve Jackson, I feel like that's the way you say it. Um, mm-hmm. But Randy's daughter has a single that folks are saying, you know, they're saying it's it's making some noise. Uh, the single's called Numb. And a uh, couple clips have been circulating. But if you haven't heard it, I would encourage you to look it up. Did you have any thoughts? Now, anytime I hear new music, I listen to it, put it down, try to listen to it again. I think she's on to something. I think she could be that next wave all depends on how true she stays to herself and how she's marketed yeah so she has a single before this one so she has i think an ep prior to this release but she has a single on the previous ep that's really good so if you guys get a chance i think it's called oceans i think that's what it's called check that out if you listen to that one so this Mm -hmm. one numb is the name of this one and i feel like it's um it's okay i wasn't expecting that from you (laughs) 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 what did you think i was gonna say it was great it was brilliant you was like no (laughs) ma'am it's okay it's okay yeah but here's what i want to say if you listen to oceans the previous song i think what you'll hear is that she should really be up next like she should be the jackson we're talking about Mm -hmm. and she's got what it takes she's got the look her voice is serviceable. Um, she is right on time by that meaning, like everything she's delivering feels current. Mm-hmm. Um, she's on trend. Mm-hmm. And she's still, even though she's on trend, she has a very unique style. It's a little different. And it kind of mm-hmm. reminds me, I'm going to really date myself. Going to do it. Okay. You Do you remember an artist called MC Smooth? E- she had a song called You Know You've Been Played. Yeah, I haven't heard it in like, woo. No one has heard it in forever. But when I heard her, that's what it made me think of. Because she slips between singing and rapping. Mm -hmm. Um, Just the way that MC Smooth did all those years ago. Mm -hmm. And her delivery, though, is really unique. And on this song, Numb, it's more like some of the same stuff that's kind of already out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... Her previous songs are like a little more unique and put this current song aside. (laughs) There isn't a reason she shouldn't be up next. It's a struggle for the female artist just because right now, if your songs don't talk about, you know, tricking guys out of money and shaking body part, you just kind of go under the radar, which is sad. But it's just the trend of the industry right now. Well, you know, she has those songs, too. So on that previous EP, <laughs> she's got a song called DMs, which is which is really wild. Um, and it's not wild because like the you know, subject matter, it's it's on par with everything else. But the delivery is quite interesting. And um, the subject matter is interesting as well. Um, 
But you know what's interesting to me? And I'm like, I'm not sure how to phrase this because there, it, I'm struck by the fact that she kind of is on a limb. So I want to say this, like she's got a degree from Harvard. Wow. Like this isn't her last resort, right? Okay. <laughs> like, okay. But it feels like to some extent you would think, why isn't her family helping her? And I don't want to say that like I know that they aren't because I don't know, you know. Mm -hmm. But then on the flip side is she does seem to have gone, you know, taken an extra step to like put a layer between her and the Jacksons by taking the alias Billy Bodega. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like it may be one of those things where she's just like, I'd rather make it without you all knowing, you know, my lineage or I just want to get out here and I want to do it on my own, which I'm always a little amused by because no one does anything on their own. Like if someone could give me a leg up, I would take it. Well, let everybody take notes because when she blows up, <laughs> we can say remember yeah. when we're gonna have to get her some songwriters though yeah <laughs> but but, hey. but that's the thing too like um like auntie take her over to missy or take her to jimmy and terry like this could be a real thing but she's an artist and not a puppet and i'm sure a lot of it is her wanting to do what she wants to do versus what i'm assuming she'll be convinced to do in order to be successful. Well, I'm going to check out that first EP then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, I know you're not watching the NFL. I know you stand with Colin. I stand with Cap, yes. <laughs> but it tickled my soul when I saw this. I was watching Sunday Night Football, Chiefs and the Colts. And so the Colts, you know, was going to go out to kick a field goal. So he's been missing field goals like awfully this season and what song do they play in the background while talking about how bad his field goals are <laughs> miss you much by janet jackson <laughs> and it was so cute because he was really missing them <laughs> that's too bad that's too bad first of all first of all that's very rude like i'm mad they put a soundtrack to this man's misery but <laughs> But also, isn't it ironic that the NFL is playing a Janet Jackson song? <laughs> I thought she was banned. How are you playing a Janet oh, Jackson song? Oh, boy. Oh. All right, Rihanna. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean. Because you know Rihanna publicly stated in an article that she turned them down. Yeah. I haven't read it, but I think that's interesting. You know, I find it really interesting that, you know, Rihanna, we basically have her because of Jay-Z. Mm -hmm. And... She has taken a very similar path to Jay-Z as far as like music and the entrepreneurship and fashion. Um, and now she's doing makeup. Um, mm -hmm. But she's a very different person. <laughs> yeah. And she's very, very passionate about it. Uh, so she was like, she can't do it. <laughs> she, mm -mm. yeah she just, she, I, she was like why who does that help <laughs> nope, like, don't, yes. mm -mm. and she even said she's like they have so many things i disagree with of how they in that organization she was like i just i can't be a part of it and i respect that salute to her you know she's standing her ground and you know i was just i was like dog she really put it out there i thought she would you no know, be pc but she was like nope i can't do it mm -hmm. <laughs> next question <laughs> good on her good yeah. for her well, we actually have a song we're going to attempt to discuss. It's been a minute. So. <laughs> Watch out now. Let's see how we go. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to try. We're going to do the very best we can. Um, Today, we're going to talk about Janet Jackson's Love Will Never Do Without You. Um, Love Will Never Do. I just wanted to put that part in there. 
Okay, so that's your favorite part? <laughs> yes, my favorite part. <laughs> um, this was Janet's seventh single from the Rhythm Nation 1814 album. Um, it was released on October 2nd, 1990 on A&M Records. And I want to ask this question. What happened to A&M Records? Because um, after Janet... I ain't never heard of them no more. They actually were sold into Polygram. And then I think through uh, some other acquisitions, it ended up being Universal. And by the time the Universal thing happened, A&M was officially dissolved. Oh, okay. I was just wondering because I never knew another act on that record label. Well, they had Herb Albert. Really? (laughs) He is the A in the A and the M. Damn, I didn't know that. Oh, man. Look, I was this day old when I found out that's what the A. (laughs) You was today years old. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. I want to say they were mostly, it was like a lot of jazz acts and Janet Jackson. And I think like at some point they had other, like, I want to say Carol King was on there. Um, Um. That's all I got right now. Carol King was on that, there. And that's <laughs> all you need. <laughs> Don't say no more. <laughs> but they, they had a wide array of acts. Yeah. Hmm. I got to do my research again on them. <laughs> okay. So, Love Would Never Do Without You was one of the first songs recorded for the Rhythm Nation album in 1988. The background vocals were recorded first and the lead vocals were recorded in 1989 now this track was written by jimmy jam and terry lewis who also produced the track and a lot of people believe that the song was about an interracial dating relationship yeah i mean that's what janet says the song was about i wasn't exactly sure how we were supposed to get that from the lyrics but if that's what she says i believe her she was there when they wrote it (laughs) well i guess the part where she says they said it wouldn't last we had to prove them wrong maybe saying you know people are talking about this type of relationship couldn't work or am i digging too deep (laughs) no i mean i think i think you're right on but i also feel like that could apply to like any relationship (laughs) (laughs) and maybe that was her point it was like it don't matter if we're black white whatever i mean we're in love and we're gonna have our doubters but you know, love will never do without you. That sounds like a yeah. Tyler Perry play. <laughs> yeah. But it would be the whole title. It wouldn't be yeah. love. The, it would be like, we in love, we have our doubters, and you know, love will never do without you. <laughs> now, one cool fact about this song was uh, Jimmy and Terry wanted was considering Prince to do a duet with Janet with this. And I was kind of surprised by it. It was interesting. It was interesting. Now, they actually said there were, as they were writing it, there were several choices. Like, even Ralph Tresvent was considered and her good friend Johnny Gale. Um, But when they laid the track, which essentially, I guess, was going to be kind of a demo, they asked her to sing both, you know, high and then also sing, as Jimmy says, sing it low like a man would. Which is pretty funny because that is not low like a man would. But no, (laughs) that's alto at our church. She was in the alto. (laughs) First alto even, not even. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's beautiful and I love it. And, you know, it's one of my, that opening verse 
of hers where she is singing low like that is probably one of my favorite Janet Jackson tones. Like, I love it. I wish we got more of it. But yeah, so there were several folks who were considered for it, and uh, but it never made it very far. Like, I don't think they ever pitched it to anyone because I think they liked the way that it was originally recorded and they just stuck with it. Yeah. And plus the low to the high by time, because on the second verse, she's singing in a high range. By then, you such in a groove, you like, psh. Yeah, it would have been ruined if, like, say, the first voice that you hear on that song wasn't hers. Yes. It would not have been what it was if, you know, the first verse went to someone else. Yeah. I just can't. I'm trying to picture these different voices. Mm-mm, it wouldn't have worked. Perfect as it is. Janet knocked it out. Mm-mm, we don't need no help. Listen, you know Johnny would have showed up and gave it everything he had. Like, but Johnny is like Fantasia. They go to church strong. It's like, right. don't go to church yet. Don't go. First oh, note. <laughs> you know, like I'm saying, I feel like this song really shows off her voice in mm-hmm. a way we don't get very often. Like, I think in this same song, we hear some of her lowest lows mm-hmm. and then we hear her highest highs. Like, I think at the very end where where I got my heart broken a little bit, I hope someone tells me that this isn't true. But, you know, at the very end, there's the trumpet and mm-hmm. like she's singing and, and the voice of the trumpet and her voice blends together. This whole time, like my whole life since this came out in like 1989, mm-hmm. I thought that was Herb Albert playing the trumpet on mm. this song and you know i was listening to john cameron the podcast about the rhythm nation album and he mm. says that that is not herb albert but in fact that is a synthesizer i can believe it though yeah i went back and listened to it and i was like oh my god i'm so disappointed one because it's so herb albert like it's so good like i feel like it's probably jimmy i'm gonna blame jimmy Mm-hmm. And he was probably just at the keyboard intentionally mimicking Herb Albert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's played so well, it swells and ebbs and flows. Like, you and I both play trumpet. It ebbs and flows the way a real trumpet plays. Unlike, like, you hear some other songs, like, there's, especially on the remixes, like, if you listen to some of the control remixes, you'll hear... Um, a lot of trumpet sounds and you can tell that's a keyboard because it's not like even though it sounds crystal clear like they actually sampled like a trumpet sound but it's just played like a keyboard nobody's taking any breaths there's not Mm -hmm. like yeah and it sounds sometimes it tends to sound choppy like you could tell somebody yeah (laughs) but this isn't like that at all and so i'm not ready to let go of my dream let it go it's (laughs) it's a Herb Alpert and Janet reunion because you know one of my absolutely favorite Janet songs and my absolute favorite Herb Alpert song is Diamonds. Yes! You my cousin. (laughs) This was my reunion but they're telling me it was a lie. (laughs) Well I imagine he played a little bit on it. He just didn't play that part. Well he's listed in the credits so whatever for whatever that's worth and it could be he's listed in the credits because it's a sample, but he is listed. So I'm still hanging on to my dream. But you know what? I mean, her and Herb should have did a whole full album together. Why haven't they done a full album? Because there was another song that I think had her Make oh, love in, in the, the rain. rain. Yes. And I was like, the wow. Joy you bring me. She actually bodied that entire song from the back. 
Because mm-hmm. someone else, Lisa, Lisa, what's her full name? What is her full name? Lisa Keith. She sings lead and she sings it amazingly. But Janet bodied that whole song from the background. Look, I don't even care about Lisa. All I heard was Janet. <laughs> she made it her I own. need an entire album. Like, I think Herb Albert actually was making albums with his current, his wife. I'm not sure if it's wife, um, his lady friend. They make duet albums now. And I'm like, um, sir, we could use just one with you and Janet. Like, you could take one album off and <laughs> sub Janet. <laughs> I mean, it could work. Probably be a whole bunch of ballads, though. It would be, but that would be fine. <laughs> you know, I, I love know, a good Janet ballad. <laughs> I mean, Diamonds, Diamonds wasn't a ballad. Yeah, that was upbeat. <laughs> Yeah, that was a beat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, so the video, um, I'm gonna be honest. This video, to me, set the standards of what was to come from Janet because it was totally different than what we had seen from the Rhythm Nation project. And so when this video came out and I saw Janet, the first word that came to my mind was, ooh-wee! because this come on now because you know this this video made everybody go all right miss jackson yes it was stunning (laughs) this video was a clear about face (laughs) (laughs) i mean this video for me um i'm trying to remember what i thought about it at the time i think i really liked it i think i was really surprised this was the seventh single and Mm -hmm. so i think It was interesting in that all of the previous songs released either had like an extensive story in the video Mm -hmm. or extensive choreography, sometimes both. Mm -hmm. And this one had neither. And Mm -hmm. it was still enjoyable. Yeah. Video was directed by Herb Ritz. And I think that was really his concept to take her out of this big mass musical production that we were used to. And make it more personal and more Janet oriented because it kind of just made us focus on her and the fact that, you know, these guys were running through the desert to get to Janet, <laughs> which I would do right now. You know, I can't run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the video, I want to say something about her Ritz. Don't let me forget. Um, but yeah, so the video, you know, they're like in the desert, there's Jaimin Hansu and um what's his name? Antonio Banderas. Yes. And um Jaimin, I think is he the one that's in that like big circle that's spinning through the desert? Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. this was pre Amistad. Jaimin Hansu. A decade later he would be in that movie. A decade and he looked exactly the same by the time he got there. Like he didn't age a day. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but what I wanted to say about Herb Ritz, so Janet had really wanted to work with Herb Ritz before, and she said that they had set up something to work together, and he called her, and this is from the book, the True You book. So they had set up something to work together, and he called her to talk about, like, you know, what, what they could possibly collaborate on. And she was <laughs> like, before he even said hello, he said, how's your weight? How rude. Right. And so... <laughs> She said she took too long to answer, apparently. So he followed up with Janet. Are you fat? So they did not work together at that time, but she still really wanted to work with them. So even though she canceled that shoot, she did um, reach out to him for this video. 
And I find that interesting because one, I hate that she had to go through that, that someone would make her feel so insecure about her body that she would not want to work with them. Mm -hmm. The other part that is interesting is that she, you know, lost all this weight and was feeling good about herself before she called him back. And I just feel some kind of way about that. Like, I kind of wanted her not to call him back. You shouldn't have to become something else for someone else to accept you. And you know what? I think we as women do it all the time. It's just that sometimes I don't think society gets black women in our curves and our features. Mm -hmm. That's what makes us unique. And for him to come to her with, are you fat? Baby, (laughs) 2019, you got women who are literally taking shots, everything to get that booty. You know what I'm saying? And once I read this, it kind of made me go, dang, I hate that she had to go through that to get such a great video. Because the video Mm -hmm. to me is great. But I'm also looking at it now going Behind that beautiful smile and her in the desert twirling, having fun, she actually sacrificed herself just so she could make this video to please a director and her fans. Yeah. You know, when we were younger, I had no idea like all of this was going on behind the scenes. And at the age that I was, I didn't really understand like you know, I of course I knew what dieting was, but I really didn't understand like the sacrifice it took. Like every time she reformed her body and that was really the one of the first big changes we saw but we had seen it because like if you think about like when I think of you she was a little heavier and then like immediately the next video I felt like she was skinny and so like we had seen her her transform herself multiple times but I didn't really realize realize like you just pointed out like the sacrifice that that took and Mm -hmm. I'm glad that she felt good about herself because like she said when she felt when she shot this video she really had worked hard and she felt really good about herself and she was more comfortable than she had been in front of the camera and I'm glad about that and I'm glad that we're getting to a point now where although it's still it's still a battle (laughs) yeah it's still a battle and people people and people are still like really fat phobic um Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if that's a real word, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people say fat phobic, but I don't think like, you know, that means like people are scared of something. And I was like, no, you just hate them. Like, I don't know why, but you feel like you have a feeling about somebody whose body type is different and you feel like you're entitled to that and you feel like it should deny them opportunities or make them less than. And that just makes me crazy. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that like we've come so far where we can see where we can see and celebrate the Missy Elliott's and um, Lizzo. Yeah, Lizzo. And um, so we've come to a point where like people are actually getting to be their authentic selves a little bit more. Not totally, though, because, you know, it's still it's still all a game. And it's still some people get to be more of themselves than others. And some people get their bodies policed and everything else. So, yeah, but I'm glad we're here because even, you know, she talked about in the book, again, she talked about like how after the shoot, so like during the shoot, she's felt really good and she felt really free. And then she said someone that she loved and I don't know if it was a family member or who it was, but after the shoot, you know, she went back to her regular life and, you know, chilling and eating how she normally chills and eat because, you know, this is seventh single and we done made it. Yeah. Um, so. And it's only 12 <laughs> tracks. on the, right. on the- <laughs> We made it. So she chilling 
And uh, she said somebody that she loved was like, you know, you can't be seen out in public like that. You don't look anything like your video anymore. And wow. she like kind of shut shut down and like became a recluse. And so, you know, I'm glad now like we're getting to see Janet out and about. But it makes mm-hmm. me sad to wonder if like this whole time, you know, when she's been going away and we thought like she was the queen of self-care and she's going away, take care of herself. If she was just like, I don't want to deal with the bull of mm-hmm. the paparazzi and the tabloids and people saying negative things about my appearance. I don't want to deal with it. I'd rather just stay in. And you know what? Janet is not the only one. There's so many celebrities. I remember Kirstie Allen. You know, people saw her in Cheers. Yeah, Kirstie Allen. Cheers, yeah, mm-hmm. when she, and when they saw her after Cheers, they was like, oh my God. But thankfully, <laughs> she was able to turn it actually into, a, she was actually able to turn it into a show, which is cool. But still, it's it's millions of Americans, not just women, but men out there who, because they don't have that six pack or, or the, or the, the chest and all that, they feel, they go into seclusion because they feel like their body defines them. Yeah, I know, man. I feel like America ruined Suzanne Sugarbaker. We could have had more <laughs> seasons of designing women yes. <laughs> if people wasn't talking about her being too chubby to be on TV. But you know what? That show didn't make it but two more seasons once they got rid of her because mm, exactly she was the show. And it's just it's a battle. It's just a battle. And I'm I myself am trying to get healthy because I'm knocking on forty, so. And my motivation is different. It's not to look cute for anybody or anything like that. It's the fact that I want to avoid the pills, which is, you know, for diabetes and high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, once I found out this little piece of information, I was just like, wow. You don't know what your favorite celebrity goes through to bring you this great product. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we just dumped on Herb for a little bit. Just a little bit. He and he deserves it. I mean, he, come on. You don't <laughs> ask Jen, are you fat? Listen. You know, if you put that on Facebook or Twitter, you know how many clapbacks he would have got. <laughs> <laughs> but he did say some, you know, he talks about like why he made the selections that he did for Janet. She was clad in those jeans and a simple tank top. And the backdrop was very simple. I mean, it's literally the desert. The video is mostly black and white. They say black and white. Though. I felt like that video was like off brown, but okay. Um, <laughs> off just a touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so he talks about like, you know, his choices for that. He said, you know, because Janet was known for her instinctive talent for dance, as well as being an all around entertainer, Janet and I decided to try something innovative on the video. So the video is a departure from her elaborate dance production routines and focuses instead on her alone. And he goes on to say she is fresh, sensual, womanly and vulnerable as she reveals herself to the camera. So we wanted to show this intimate and more personal side of Janet. And I mean, if you think about like that as the goal, I think they really did that because Mm -hmm. in the video, she's super sexy, but she does look a little shy, Mm -hmm. Um, a little. I don't want to say she looked intimidated because she did not look intimidated, but she looked even as she's free. She looked a little reserved. So I think like all of the things that they wanted to capture, like they really did. Mm -hmm. And I think this video is probably the video that I could say. There's no other video like it before it. This, to me, feels like the prelude to Anytime, Anyplace. That's the way love goes again. And it 
from there it just builds up and that's where we sort of get the iconic janet the the you know the sensual the janet the playfulness the shy girl who has a, a naughty side to it so you know kudos to him for doing that and i may have not liked the manner in which he done it but still i can't take credit away from him that it's a timeless video and i hope i'm not rambling too much with that yeah, um, you're right. I think the video really is timeless because there aren't any of the typical markers from like 90s videos. There right. isn't anything in this video that screams 90s. Um, mm -hmm. There are really no, well, I, I would say there are no era defining hairstyles, but it, it is an era defining hairstyle. It just was a 90s era <laughs> defining hairstyle because her hair was really like something from the 60s. Um, but it could easily be in a video today. Like you could mm -hmm. easily see somebody wearing that same hairstyle today. And her fashion was simple. And so, mm -hmm. you, again, you could easily. In fact, people do wear that today. Mm -hmm. um, so like everything about it just like was distinctly Janet. Mm -hmm. But it really didn't mark a period except in the fact that it kind of marked a transition right. for Janet. I mean, I thought it was quite genius because it was the last video. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we know that, you know, State of the World was kind of the unofficial eighth single, mm -hmm. but there was never a video for it. So this was the last video. And I think that they just kind of put it out there as like the best trailer for a, the next album. <laughs> like even though, even though they may have not known that Janet next album was gonna take right. that side right. <laughs> like right yeah i see yeah. where you're going yeah it's like a trailer and it's i don't think anybody was ready for the next out i wasn't ready for the next album but it did give you an idea of where we were going and it's ironic because it was one of the first songs recorded on the rhythm nation album and then it was the last to be released. <laughs> yeah, the last to be released. And it said so much about what was to come. And we didn't even know it. They didn't even know it, probably. That's what that lets you know how much of a legend she is in this game. Because you're right. Once we got this video, she took her break. And by the time she comes back with That's the Way Love Goes, it didn't feel like she was trying to force this new Janet on us because we had this last video. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I just, I always tell people like before you put the, the icon, the legend, you know, status on someone, you have to look at their whole body of work and her whole body of work. You just see, it's just something about her catalog that I will put it up against anybody's. She's a visionary. Yeah, I would add to that that I think you're right. People ascribe lattice, lattice, legend status a bit too soon. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't really let the we don't let the dish simmer before we decide. Um, <laughs> right. right. If it's a legend status. And I think when you look at Janet, one of the things that she gave you from album to album to album was transformation. Mm -hmm. She blossomed as an artist. Mm -hmm. And one of the things you saw from her within an album that you really don't see anymore is um, cohesion. Mm -hmm. You know, having something that unites this body of work 
And I don't know that we get that anymore. And I can't really blame the artist because it's a very single driven, stream driven industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And nobody's sitting down and planning, you know, mm-hmm. a cohesive, you know, 12, 13, 14 song album. Mm-hmm. But even of her time, when people were sitting down and putting together albums, hers always stood out. Mm-hmm. You was talking about transitioning it used to be your label the head of the label would sit down and discuss what what's our next step now it's how fast can you get these singles out how many do you think would go number one and as a matter of fact we don't even want an album we don't even want a full city can you give us an ep so now they it didn't took all the the artistry (laughs) artistry yeah out of out of music now yeah i'm with you you know detour mm-hmm. so we've been celebrating a rhythm nation album and that's kind of why we selected this song like full disclosure we've been trying to do this song for months <laughs> yes um, and, and it just is finally working out um but what i wanted to say was having celebrated rhythm nation i was just really thinking about like man it would be amazing if janet did like an answer to rhythm nation like just the update because a lot of people give you socially conscious albums and then they really aren't around 30 years later to give you another mm-hmm. and i thought man i would love to have a rhythm nation too and as i was thinking about this though i realized mm-hmm. she kind of did mm-hmm. if you think about when we talk about artistry and journey and transformation the unbreakable album did all of that mm-hmm. The Unbreakable album had your love songs. It had your mm-hmm. socially conscious songs. It had mm-hmm. those songs where she's just finding, unlocking a new layer of herself. Mm-hmm. Like Unbreakable was Janet's second Rhythm Nation. But I can still use an official second Rhythm Nation. <laughs> well, now, honestly, she says so much on Rhythm Nation and some and most of it. Well, all of it is still relevant. Not much has changed in 30 years. Yeah, we got a couple more seats in Congress and women have got more rights and stuff. But there's still a lot of issues that she discussed on Rhythm Nation. That's happening now. I agree. Yeah. So, so yeah. it's like. You're like, it's like does she need to make a new one? Just play the other one. <laughs> Just look, play it again, Sam. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. But yeah. I mean. I mean, because, you know, they probably went to her when she got ready to do Janet, the Janet project and was like, can you give us Rhythm Nation 2? And she was like, "Mm -mm, I'm on the new and better things now. You know what? I don't (laughs) believe so. I don't believe so. I think with Control, they they definitely did. But I don't Mm -hmm. think they really wanted Rhythm Nation. And they were just glad Rhythm Nation worked out. (laughs) And they was like, we glad you got that out of your system. Can you give us some regular pop? Can you make some love songs? You... <laughs> Look, I don't right. know. I don't know, but I just feel like they were probably like, "Whoa, glad that's done." <laughs> what Spike Lee put in his movies? Message. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Message. Yeah, next album. Can we get some more love? Will never do's. Can we get yeah. some of those? Yeah, you know that that single "Come Back to Me" was a hit. Right. <laughs> more of that please yeah more of that and she did but once again i think love will never do let us know 
that she was she finna take us to another level we just didn't know it at the time we just like girl Janet got on them hot jeans and that tank top and I'm glad her hair was up because I didn't realize how Jenny has a beautiful neck people (laughs) 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 she looked like a, a doll she was just just I can't really find no fault with it. She was on fire. This song was released in October of 1990, but it did not hit number one until 1991. It was her it was her seventh single from the Rhythm Nation 1814 album to reach the top five on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. It actually reached number one, but, you know, it was a part of that. Those seven song runs where she got uh, into the top five on Billboard, which hasn't been done from a single album um, since. It also gave Janet her third number one song in three consecutive eight years, all from the same album. Wow. I don't know if anyone else has done that. I feel like I should look that up. I'm not going to do it now, but I feel like that's information I would like to have. Wait a minute. Is that po- is that possible? Yeah, because remember, in 89, Miss You Much went hit number one. Uh-huh. And then we, she had five top fives in 1990. And then this one hit number one in 1991. Look, I don't know if... That has to still stand because the only person I could think of is maybe Lana Ritchie, but I think he had multiple, not from the same album. Dang, Jess. right? She did that, yes. Um, and you know Ugh. that in '91, <laughs> so she beat out Madonna's uh, "Justify My Love" was number two when she hit the charts. Um, a group that I forgot about called Damn Yankees was number three with a song called "High Enough." I'm just still, I'm just, I'm still floored by the fact that she hit us at 80. Wow. 89, 90, 91. Same (laughs) album. Is this a new, is this a new, something from the new city? Nah, this is the same thing, girl. Still on Rhythm Nation. Two years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Turn it over. Turn it over. (laughs) And the video won a MTV Viz Video Music Award for Best Female Video, beating out Paula Abdul with Rush Rush, Nina Cherry, I've Got You Under My Skin. I never heard of that song. Mm-mm, Amy no. Grant, <laughs> Baby Baby, which was on every pop radio station. Girl, I love baby, that song. <laughs> and Madonna, Like a Virgin, Like a Virgin, True for Their Virgin, which was one of the longest videos ever. Mm-hmm. That was um, a good video. Though. That was a really good video. <laughs> that was a long video, and also was nominated for best choreography and best art di- art direction in 1991. Yeah, she had some. That was some pretty good competition. At first, when you started reading, I was like, "Oh, this is terrible competition." But I really loved the Rush Rush. That was a good video by Paula Abdul. Yeah. Um, the Baby Baby video was not good. It was mediocre was at cute. best but that song was, was so good who cared i watched that video a thousand <laughs> times <laughs> one thousand times <laughs> but you know what like i really don't remember that video i just know baby baby i just know that part. she was literally like just at a park or something it was like low budget if if it was shot today it would have been filmed on a camera phone like it was just <laughs> nothing hey Amy Grant at the time was just happy to be on the pop charts. Cause Listen, that was wasn't that her first crossover hit? Yeah, and yeah. I think it might have been her last. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said that. My bad. Listen, Amy is a wonderful Christian singer, and um, I'm not gonna yes. take anything away from her. But that was really 
That's really the only song by her I know. So I'm sure she has other equally lovely songs. I don't know them. Yeah. And another cool fact was for best choreography, Love Will Never Do was beat out by CNC Music Factory. Gonna make you sweat. Yeah. Um which wasn't really had the right vocals. But anyway, yeah. that was it. I was like, that was there was so many problems with that one. Um, yeah. but the other people in the in the category, Madonna like a version was in there, and honestly, I don't remember a lot of dancing, but maybe there is. But MC Hammer's Prey was in there, and I don't know how anything beat that. Do you remember that video? It was like a it yes, a, it was a full on mm. mini movie. Um, it was too long too. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanted to say this because I have forgotten about this name. MC Hammer's choreographer was Ho Fred Ho. <laughs> Sound like a capital. <laughs> yeah. And he, li- literally all of their dances look like something from a Greek step show. So maybe. Do you remember when MC Hammer had that like, it was like an hour thing where he basically had just like stitched all his videos together with a very loose narrative. Yeah. Didn't he try to make it seem like it was Hammer, please don't hurt him, the movie. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I, I remember never... that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I had recorded it on VHS and I watched it a lot. <laughs> Look, take that to your grave. <laughs> Don't tell nobody else. <laughs> Don't you tell it, nobody. It else. was legitimately terrible, but the dancing was so good. I'm gonna be honest. This look, this is my confession. Okay. I was a fan of the Hammer music, but the I think the only video I really liked was Turn This Mother Out. Oh, really? I like some of his videos. I don't really care about that one, and I really couldn't remember. There's only one that really sticks out to me. Please, Hammer, don't hurt him. Yeah. Yes, I don't. I don't think I was really super impressed by his videos, but I mean, you couldn't take away from the dancing because he really came to the mm-hmm. scene with a very unique style. And it, not mm-hmm. only did he come with a unique style, but he came with like 45 other people who yeah. <laughs> brought this very unique style. So, like, I feel like when we talk about like great entertainers, yeah, and maybe that's the problem because, like, you know he doesn't come up on the list of greatest rappers and that's you know debatable i don't have any feelings about that one way or the other but he should definitely be mentioned in like the entertainment sphere like he he changed the game he changed the way a lot of people thought about rap because a lot of old people did not not old people but like you know our parents age and older they was not for rap until mc hammer showed up but that's how i knew he was in trouble when you had our parents walking around with shirts that said you can't touch this and they had a little thing pointing down it was like oh man listen though hammer wrote it Uh uh-huh but the thing about it was the rap community instead of embracing what he was doing they kind of turned on him because like he had the pepsi deal la gear even taco bell but now Mm -hmm. most rappers want that you want a endorsement deal now for you know tennis shoes and restaurants because honestly that's how you pay your bills <laughs> right well i'm glad they gave her best female video i can't can't gripe about the choreography she should not have been nominated yeah. <laughs> if, we, if we being completely honest <laughs> hammer should have won by default you yeah. know why because there was choreography <laughs> okay um yeah so you know janice still performs this song from time to time on stage and this song um love will never do without you ranked on rolling stone's top 100 music videos 13 yeah and now mtv did the i contribute and macy gray did her own rendition of this song 
And to me, it was just a, it was good, but it was just a little too bluesy for me. <laughs> but I mean, I like the, it was good, <laughs> but it was a little too bluesy for me. Yeah. And plus, when she was singing it, I kept wanting to go, I tried to say goodbye. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Macy Gray has that voice where you really just want her to sing a Macy Gray song. It, I don't know. Like I, a lot of people loved it and they, people really loved that version and I didn't dislike it, but I didn't have to hear it again. Right. Like I love Macy Gray. I love Janet Jackson. I don't want them together in this way. <laughs> like, like, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. Um, <laughs> nice try. Just, let's, let's, let's cancel that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's enjoyable though. I re- I but, watched that video and watched Janet watching, you know, everybody, and I'm like, Lord, if she should have got a freaking Oscar for sitting through the. <laughs> well, she had to keep smiling. Yeah, she should have got an Oscar because some of the, some of those. Um, now that MTV performance was really, for the most part, I think it was a plus performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know she sat through some tributes where. And and smiled and bobbed her little head where you know. <laughs> you know her brain was screaming on the inside. <laughs> and look, if if y'all go and just get somebody off the street that's hot right now and make them do a tribute, I don't wanna hear it. And B E T is known for that. <laughs> well, you know, B E T now they they think they found the winning formula. They like if we can it don't matter who it is, I'm telling you, it they gonna get Yolanda Adams on that stage somehow, <laughs> but they got to because Yolanda's the only one that can sing it. Yolanda's song, what was that song? Was it Shaka Khan? No, I'm taking she when she did the Anita Baker. Oh, you she bring she, me joy. Listen, that's she almost she almost if it was longer, that would be my favorite version of You Bring Me Joy. And everybody knows that's my favorite Anita Baker song. Like I could listen to that song by Anita Baker every day. But Yolanda's version was too short. Otherwise, yeah. I'd be listening to it every day. <laughs> I mean, I've heard Yolanda, if Yolanda Adams don't do your tribute. If they do an MC Hammer tribute, I bet you they're going to find a way to get Yolanda Adams on that stage. She got to do the pray part. Pray. <laughs> she got to do that part. That's Yolanda right there. And then I'm surprised, you know, your girl do a good little tribute. For those who don't know, Kelly Clarkson. You love some Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> If they do, if they come to you and say, Courtney, we need you to do a Janet tribute, you first person to say is, is Kelly Clarkson available? I don't know if I would put Kelly Clarkson <laughs> yes, on the bill. I don't know if I would. I mean, just because I said if she doesn't officiate my funeral, I'm not coming, doesn't mean that I can't use judicious judgment in deciding who should go on the stage for Janet Jackson. I don't know if. Kelly Clarkson is it? Didn't she one time perform something like Pleasure Principle or anytime at um uh when they did the American Idol tour, she did If. Oh which, yeah, yeah. And it was okay. It wasn't it was know, all right. It was yeah, okay. It, was all right. it wasn't Yeah. So I'm not going to put her on the stage. I need you to give me a little more credit than that. I do love my girl Kelly Clarkson though. I love her. But Kelly could kill something like Again or Where Are You Now? Come back to me. Which is Kelly would lay come back to me down. I think she would do Where Are You Now? Where are you? No, I need something I need something more soulful. Cause Kelly, you know, her 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 voice and her spirit, they a little heavy. <laughs> they heavy. They're a little heavy. <laughs> they heavy. 
You got to let her use that. You got to let her use it. <laughs> we'll, we'll let Fantasia do again then. No, Fantasia. ma'am. No, ma'am. Let Fantasia take you to church. I do not want again hollered at me. Okay. Like. <laughs> Well, that really is it for us for now. If you need more Janet Jackson, which we know you need more Janet Jackson, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. And also, if you are already a subscriber of this podcast, please leave us a comment wherever you are listening. Your comments and likes help other people find us, especially on iTunes. Yes, please leave us a comment on iTunes if you can, even if you listen elsewhere. And tell a friend to follow us on social media at JJ Today Pod. We would love to hear from other fans. Our intro and outro music is provided by Good For You by THBD. It's licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. So, you know, one thing we didn't talk about this week, Lil' Kim released her album called Ninth. Uh-huh. And uh, it contains a song with a very prominent Michael Jackson sample called You Are Not Alone. Thoughts? Yeah. Oh, I got plenty. <laughs> Number one, I need for people to understand when you sample or try to, I don't know if she was trying to mimic it. I don't know what, what she was doing. But try to get as close to doing it justice. Like, for example, a boogie with a hoodie. He implemented Michael Jackson in his song. And I loved it. I ate it up. That's the only reason why I haven't listened to that CD. But I loved it because he actually kept it close to what it was supposed to be about. Look, Kim sounds like I had too many Crown Royal apples and Cokes. And yeah. I decided to get up there and sing it don't like it I, you can't make me like it D- do <laughs> this man probably was in the studio for hours putting this all together and you just trashed it with like a three minute song like tied in justice <laughs> don't do it no more <laughs> well um so i i feel a little uh-huh. differently about it <laughs> what um so the first time I listened to it, I just listened to a, the little sample right where she's singing the hook. And mm-hmm. that made me cringe quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But then I listened to the song. I just was like cooking and I thought I had looked the whole album up, but it was just that song. So it played like four times while I was cooking. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it at all. Did the world need it? No. No. <laughs> I answered that for you. No, nope. <laughs> I didn't need it. I listened to more of the album. I only made it through like five songs, and honestly, it was one of the better songs on the album. Like there was only one other song that was remotely tolerable because I guess Kim is trying a new thing. It's more like more singing than rapping, and that's fine. Uh, but I didn't really enjoy it. But I didn't. I didn't hate that song. Not. Mm-mm. I didn't hate it. I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you was a true MJ fan, but I'm about to snatch your badge. Cause you know what? what? I need you to not police my fandom. I love Michael Jackson. Um, I, I will say this. I feel like the estate is saying yes to too much because they're just trying to collect some coins. So at first when I heard it, I was like, ooh, this maybe should have been a no thank you. 
Like, we appreciate your interest. Get that form letter back. <laughs> Thank you for applying to use this Michael Jackson sample. We appreciate your interest. <laughs> At this time, we are not. Hey, girl, you done gave them a full letter. <laughs> um, but, you know, one thing that it does do is it does keep Michael in the rotation, right? So, like, somebody's going to hear that song and hear that sample. And then probably, my guess, is go like, okay, I need to hear what this song really sounds like and hear the Michael Jackson original. So um, I don't think it's a disservice because at first I was just like, maybe they should just stop letting everybody just do everything. Because, you know, that's how I felt with that Drake sample. That's how I felt. Like, all of these songs are not good. Um, oh, I just forgot. I forgot about that. That, was, that wasn't good either. No, no. Yeah, yeah. So, like, at first I was just like, what are y'all doing? Like, do y'all not even care? Um, but oh. I do think it keeps his name in, you know, pop culture and it does encourage people to go. And if they haven't heard the songs for themselves, like in their original form, I think it encourages people to go and look them up. And if they have heard them in their original form, like it definitely made me want to hear the original <laughs> uh, um, as a palate cleanser. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I'm not mad. I, I, I can hear you. I hear your heart. I understand why it would be troubling. I'm not mad. I'm mean mugger as we speak. That's all <laughs> I got to say about that. Don't do me like that, cuz. 